Hey y'all, it's Wren, and this is the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents He has given you. Hello, friend. Welcome. And I am so excited that you are joining me for this episode. This is the last episode in this special summer podcast series on the Enneagram personality typing system. It's actually going to be the next to last because I have re-invited my friend and Enneagram expert, Michelle Dyer, to come back next week to record a podcast episode on your questions about the Enneagram. You've got questions, she's got answers. So tune in for that. But I am so thrilled that she is back this week to discuss the Enneagram 9, The Peacemaker. If you have been encouraged through this Enneagram podcast series, I would love if you could write a one or two line review for the podcast over on your podcast app. It just helps us to reach more women who need encouragement in their daily lives. So if you would do that, I would greatly appreciate that. Okay, y'all, let's get to today's episode when Michelle and I talk about the Enneagram 9, The Peacemaker. Well, Michelle, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Ren. Always good to be here and such an exciting day to talk about nines. I know. I cannot believe we have reached almost the end of our summer podcast series. Thank you so much for coming on today and for the past eight episodes. It has been so fun. I have had such a good time with you and honestly learned a lot myself in this process. So I really want to thank you for having me on this summer. It's been great. It's been so good. Okay, so let's jump in to the Enneagram 9, which is called the Peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there another name for it that you've heard? Um, Adding on to that, my training taught me that they are the adaptive peacemakers. So kind of adding on this um, additional wording that helps us understand that they are so malleable, you know, and changeable and able to adapt in that peacemaking ability. So it's pretty interesting, this group of nines that we're going to talk about. That's great. It's funny because when I first did a test, probably about a year ago, uh, an Enneagram test, I tested as a nine. And then I took it again, and then I was a six. And then I took it a third time, and I was a six. And I was like, oh, I'm not a nine. I really want to be a nine. I want to be a peacemaker because it sounds so great. Um, And uh, and it, I do maybe have a few of the qualities, but um, when I look at the nine, the peacemaker, it is my dad all over. I mean, I was reading the book, uh, part of the book to him that I've been reading, and and it was like the top 10 things. And he raised his hand for probably nine out of 10 of those things. I mean, wow. it was like, yes, 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 yes. So I have an invested interest in this episode because a nine is my dad. Now, also, yeah. <laughs> I think my mom is a nine, but she yeah. has a very strong wing. I believe a strong wing one. 
Okay. So it's interesting to kind of think about um, the peacemaker because um, the majority of my family growing up are nines. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say and to kind of think through and process these. So it, for my listeners that are joining, maybe this is the first time they, they have listened. Yes. Would you explain a little bit about the Enneagram typing system and also about how you started to um, get certified in this and get interested in learning and also teaching this? Yes. Well, Enneagram is a very ancient typing system um, that really helps people understand their motivations, their defenses, their growth paths, um, some of the deeper things about the human psyche, if you will, that goes beyond just outward behavior. So it's different than other um, typing systems in that it really does speak more deeply to some things that the others like DISC and Myers-Briggs they those address wonderful, amazing things that help us interrelate better. But this really speaks to the individual about some of those things that they may not recognize as being motivations mm. um, that are driving them. It just sort of nails those things down and helps a person understand how they can grow and aren't necessarily stuck in the place they are, which is what I love about Enneagram. Mm. You know, sometimes we feel boxed in by assessments, but Enneagram's goal is really integration, meaning looking at the other types and what we can adopt and adapt about ourselves um, to, to get those other types of characteristics. Mm. So yeah, I, for about uh, two years, I've been interested in Enneagram. So I may have been even a little bit late to the party, um, but it's, it's gained a lot of momentum because I think people are looking for pathways to growth. Mm. So I was certified in a tool called IEQ9. And it really, again, that's the goal is to help people grow and, and to move forward in areas where they may, may feel stuck. That's great. That's so good. And I'm so just honored to have you on the podcast with me to bring all of your training and your knowledge and your wisdom um, to pour into me and to my listeners, because I think it is so practical and so needed today. There is a ton we can learn from it, from it for sure. So it's fun to get to talk about it. Okay, so let's jump in. We have the nine that is the peacemaker. We have done all of the one through eight. Uh, and so this is the ninth called the peacemaker. And tell us um, a little bit about what does a healthy peacemaker, a healthy nine, and also an unhealthy nine uh, look like? Okay. Well, at their best, healthy nines are tremendous mediators. They see all sides of a story and a situation, and they find a way to synergize a good, happy, common ground for everyone. So they themselves are adaptable, they're compassionate, really, you know, can be very easygoing and patient. They're non-judgmental, um, and, and it's not because a nine doesn't have an inner thought about or opinion about something. It's just that they're able to purvey or convey that they're not going to hold something against you that they don't agree with. Mm. 
So they go with the flow and they are, for the most part, just super easy people to be around. Yes. So they love when you are happy. Mm. And so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how to love a nine well in just a little while. But if we can just accept that they really do love making other people happy, that is, that's a big deal for a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So kind of look on the other side. And I know that, you know, we could say one day, you know, we're not going to be healthy all the time or we're not going to be unhealthy all the time. There's going to be an ebb and flow with that. I mean, one minute we might be in a, be a, in a healthy mindset and then, you know, later that day it, it might go back, revert back to unhealthy. But kind of tell us a little bit of the unhealthy patterns that um, you have learned about the nine. So at times nines can get to a space where they sort of mentally shut down. And a lot of times that help happens in the face of conflict or if there's something that comes up that they don't um, want to do, um, they can be indecisive, kind of checked out, um, not paying attention to what's happening around them because they sort of have this cloud that comes over, you know, their, their understanding. So they get to be where they're kind of passive in a dangerous sort of way. Um, and sometimes passive aggressive where mm. they're expressing their disdain for what's being said or what's being done in sort of this kind of positive and positive way. A lot of times and a healthy nine will say yes to what they really want to say no to. And so they get sort of agreeable when they're not really agreeable. And that comes across as then being lazy or being unproductive. And so it is, it's something that can be dangerous for nines when they sort of check out from what they really want because they're trying to do what everybody else wants. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that each Enneagram type that we talk about, that there is an underlying, um, I guess, thought process or underlying feelings that need to be uncovered. And that's with any Enneagram type, don't you think? Yes, yes definitely so. And that's, again, what I love about this typing system is it doesn't let us escape from those right. things which we would rather hide from. You know, it, I didn't honestly like Enneagram when I first started studying it because I thought it was too negative. And what I realized is, you know, if we don't ever address those negative possibilities, it's hard for us to really address them in a growth sort of way to move forward in health. And what does even health look like if we don't know what unhealth looks like? Mm, that's good. That's a word right there. Yes. Yeah, it really does help us name the things we need to be transformed by the gospel. And it mm. gives us a good language for those things which Jesus wants to come in and help us address. So yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about that stretch and release where they, um, the line of disintegration that you've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, I want to hear about that for the nines. Okay, so a nine goes in stretch to a six. And mm -hmm. nine moving over to that six, first of all, 
Sixes are our contingency planners. You know, they're the people who are willing to look at what can go wrong. Mm -hmm. That is a scary thing for a nine to actually face up to what can go wrong and then do something to address it. So they are stretched coming over to that six, addressing what's wrong, creating plans to, you know, uh, move forward and past those things that are wrong, being courageous in looking at those things, because it does require courage for a nine because they so desperately hate conflict Mm. and looking at what can go wrong might create conflict or something that's tumultuous in their world. So analyzing risk, those kinds of things are not the favorite thing of a nine, but it definitely can help them maximize their ability to create peace if they'll address what's wrong. Hmm, Yeah. Okay, Michelle. So tell us about where does the Enneagram nine go in the release? So Enneagram nine goes over to the three for their release. So remembering that release is where we can um, look to, to help us sort of release some of those bound up feelings or thoughts within us that are naturally created by our type and need an outlet and need something different in order to help us resolve whatever that characteristic is. So, with the nine, a lot of times they're processing, processing, processing all of the um, opinions, all of the data that they see from the situation that they're in and trying to find a place to synthesize and find a healthy, positive outcome. Sometimes a nine just needs to focus on results and decide to move forward, even though they haven't completely synthesize that or come up with the good answer or okay. the, the good common ground. So maybe being more directive, you know, nines are afraid a lot of times to speak out and speak forward, giving somebody direction because that might create unrest. The person might disagree with them hmm. or the situation might demand something else. So making, being more decisive, and also setting goals. I think the three is really good about setting goals and going after them. Mm-hmm. Nines tend to just kind of, I don't want to say muddle through life, but they journey through life, taking what comes, dealing with it as it comes, rather than being proactive and deciding where to go, setting those goals, trying to attain and reach them. You know, yeah. So it's, It's really what it boils down to is being a little bit more assertive and a little bit more proactive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's go a little step further on that with, you know, looking at a nine with a wing of eight and then also a nine with a wing of one because we know that it is a circle. So it's going to go to either side that is on either side. And so tell me a little bit, well, before you start, I want to read this quote that I've been reading the Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Susan Stabile. And it says, 
Nines may feel exhausted and with good reason. They're smack in the middle of the anger or gut triad. As you've learned, their neighbors, the challengers, externalize their anger, and sorry for the spoiler, their other neighbors, the ones, internalize it. To avoid conflict and inner turmoil, nines fall asleep to their anger. This doesn't mean it disappears, only that they have to work hard to contain it and keep it out of their own view. This is a toilsome, soul-wearying enterprise. Mm, Good, strong description there, I think, of what is happening for a nine and how it is, on any given day, a lot of tension um, with their type because they are a counter type, meaning that in the body triad or the gut triad that we talked about in our last session, they're reacting to things physically. And what a counter type means is it kind of turns that on its head and says they're doing exactly the opposite of what the types around it are doing or mm. what is expected of that. So where it says there that they fall asleep to their anger, um, that's very different than what the nine or the one do. So the nine is just somewhere in the middle there, um, probably feeling pulled back and forth between experiencing the anger, not wanting to experience the anger and trying to put it to sleep Mm. so that they don't have to experience it. So Mm. what I think nines do is they find distraction. They find a way to either sometimes self-medicate, sometimes Mm. just distract themselves with something that's more pleasurable and they're not thinking about anything work-wise, anything conflict-wise, anything that causes them to have to expend that physical energy at all. Mm. So, okay. Um, my youngest is a nine and I will see him. Boy, for a child who can get into video games, he can just move his whole self into the video. Game, <laughs> you know? Right. And not process anything else outside of that. Whereas if I'm playing a video game, which is a scary prospect in itself, but <laughs> I'm also thinking about three or four other things at the same time multitasking. Uh, and I yeah. think that's my three wing to my uh-huh. two. Uh-huh. He's not doing that. He is fully immersed and engaged in the video game. Nothing mm. else exists outside of that. Mm. And so that's true for a nine with whatever they throw themselves into, whether it be reading or television or, you know, or... The interesting thing, and this is especially true with the nine wing eight, it can be work. Mm. It is interesting how many nines are actually workaholics because they have, we, we tend to think of nines as being slothful. And I don't like that word, but I haven't come up with another way to describe it. I don't think that they're energyless at all because sometimes nines are some of our hardest, most diligent workers, but they use work is the thing to invest in so they don't have to process any of the emotions um, that are causing the conflict for them. If work Mm. is not a place of conflict, they may throw themselves in that. Mm. Okay. So you did say that they are, uh, could, could go to be a workaholic if the nines have that strong eight wing. Are they also, could they be decisive? Could that eight wing kind of encourage them to make a little bit more focused decisions? Yes. Um, 
A nine with a strong wing eight is going to be more assertive about expressing their opinions. Um, speaking of Ian Cron, I love on one of his podcasts talking with Lisa Turkhurst, they talked about the fact that she would often say, my eight wing has just done something that my nine wing is going to have a long time trying to deal with. Yes, you know? yes, I read that. So really there's this tension um, that happens. I think nines can very potentially, especially in unhealth, be extremely tension-filled people because mm -hmm. they're trying so hard at their core to avoid confrontation when both of their wings demand some sort of confrontation or some sort of fix for the brokenness that they see. So um, I think the shutdown happens when they're trying to avoid their wings. And if a nine will move into their wing, it can actually be a very powerful thing because they're such tremendous mediators and they mm -hmm. have the ability to see big picture, especially as it pertains to relationship that can help us really become healthier people. That's why they're such incredible diplomats when they are healthy. Gandhi was a nine mm -hmm. and he moved into the turmoil of his nation to address some of the most broken policies and practices that his nation was, you know, adopting at that time. And so that nine wing eight is going to really strive to be more assertive in addressing the things that are conflict oriented. Mm, that's good. That's really good. That's helping me understand a lot. Hey friend, I wanted to come in the middle of this episode to tell you about something that I have created that I hope will be helpful to you. You know that everything starts getting revved up in August and September. Well, if you are like me, I struggle with time management. It is just something that I have to be really disciplined and wise about. So I have created a free download for you of my top five time hacks. Over the past few months, I've been doing some research and have put into practice these five tips. So I would love to get it in your hands. If you go to my homepage at brenrobbins.com, that's W-R-E-N-R-O-B-B-I-N-S, all you have to do is put your name and email address and it'll come right into your inbox. And then by signing up to receive that free download that I've created for you, you will be put on my mailing list. And I usually send a monthly email with all my information about the podcast. I share resources and books that have been helpful to me. And of course, a whole lot of encouragement. So go ahead and grab that free download of my top five time hacks that have helped me. And I hope they help you. Okay, back to the show. All right, so tell me a little bit about a nine wing one. Okay, so nine wing one have a little bit more desire for orderliness, organization. You know, they are a little more black and white, I think, than the nine wing eight. Um, where there may be a desire in a nine naturally to just bend to whatever is necessary, the nine wing one forces a little bit more structure mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit more definition. So they really seek, you know, correctness in the world 
and they're maybe a little more apt to act on that, um, mm. striving for justice, striving for, you know, and, and it may cause them to be a little bit more vocal about what they see that's broken. Mm. Um, so it is interesting to see when a nine will tap into that. And I'm sure it's different for every nine, but that I think is where the nine wing eight is a little bit more apt to step outside of what the social norm is. The nine wing one wants to stick to it and Mm. um, adhere to that more often. Yes, yes. I'm nodding my head because I really feel like that is what my mom is. Is mm. she's a nine wing one? So um, I think, yeah, I'm. I think that is that is neat to see. It's very complex, so complex, but it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, um, and I think that's why nines often um, have a difficult time typing themselves as nines. Mm. In my experience, the nine is the most complex. Of all the of all the types, really, and okay, probably um, struggles the most with um, identifying with what a nine is because it is such a deeply complex type and behavior. So, yeah, I think That's it's interesting. something to be studied and observed for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, let's, uh, one more question before we go. Well, two more questions. Um, what is their greatest need as a nine? What is their, how are they loved? How can we love those that are nines in our lives? I think it's a couple of prongs to the answer. I think for one, we need to make sure we are inviting the nines in our lives into our decision-making. And so realizing they're, maybe by nature, not going to be the first to jump into expressing or asserting their opinion or their needs or their desires. So making sure that we ask them, you know, what do you want in this situation? What is your end goal? Because the rest of us may be pretty quickly to express opinions, express what we want. And that's just not always true for a nine. So the other thing, though, the second prong to that is realizing they do really want us to be happy. A nine thrives. Their peacemaker um, mentality wants everybody to be happy. So they'll sacrifice their own needs. And sometimes we look at that and we think, well, that's just crazy. They don't really want that. So I should force them to a decision (laughs) where the truth is they may be happiest if we make that decision for them. But we shouldn't do that without first inviting them to make it for themselves. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. Ask them what they want. But if Mm -hmm. they really don't have an opinion and their true value and their true goal is for us to be happy, then just make the decision and they'll come along and they'll be happy in that. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. This is so practical. So practical. Okay, let's talk about the people that we know that are famous, that are famous nines or have been in the past. So interesting. Yes. So I saw that there were actually three presidents, each with very different values, you know, quite different in their administrations Mm -hmm. and in what they strive to achieve. But we have President Reagan. Mm -hmm. Uh, President George W. Bush and President Obama, all three are nines. So 
what I think is so interesting about this is, again, going back to how we perceive nines as being slothful. Mm-hmm. None of these three men were slothful. You know, right. obviously, here they are as, um, you know, incredible, uh, achieving the highest office in the world. Right. So I think we have to be careful in not viewing nines as being lazy or unachieving um, yes, I was going to say my dad is the most hardworking man, you know, so it's interesting that that's, yeah, I don't think we should see them as that as, at all. Yeah, it is. It's something I think we tend to associate together, which doesn't necessarily fit together. And that is a person who doesn't have a strong opinion on some things, mm. um, assuming that they're just going to be, you know, this meager, homely, shy individual. Um, they're not necessarily that. It's just a person who has the ability, like I said, to synthesize all these differing opinions and find the common ground. Hmm. You look at these president's administrations, though they had very different values, they still were seeking to do that. And all three in their own right, peacemakers in different ways. Hmm. So it's important for a peacemaker to remember, a nine to remember, there's a difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping. Mm. And I think that's the difference between a healthy nine and an unhealthy nine. You know, the unhealthy nine may sweep something under the rug and not address it. Whereas we see with these three men asserting themselves and moving into the conflict, help them to achieve their, you know, differing values and working for peace within those values. Mm, Yeah, that's great. That's great. This has been so good, and it is not over yet. We have done Enneagram 1 through 9 now, and next week we are going to come back on and talk about the Enneagram one more time, but we're going to kind of have an encompassing episode of your questions and Michelle's answers. <laughs> and I cannot wait to hear these questions. They are coming in and I cannot wait to um, talk to you about each one. And so I thank you so much for coming on this summer for this incredible podcast series. Um, where can people find you? Because you also do one-on-one coaching in this and you have something super exciting that's coming out that is you are launching. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, first of all, let me say it has been a joy and a pleasure and an honor to be with you. I've loved every minute of this series. It's been so much fun. Yes, we're getting ready to launch Enneamom.com, which really is going to help us apply the Enneagram to our parenting. So lots of different things filter and factor into our parenting, including our marriage. So I feel like we'll eventually be able to venture into that just a little bit. Um, but right now, your listeners can contact me at either michelle at teaminsights.org or they can contact me now at michelle at enneamom.com. And so we're working on our website launch. We're working on um, also getting some resources together that we can send out to those who are interested. So they can go to enneamom.com and enter their email address getting very close to being able to send out those resources about um, each type mom with the Enneagram. So thank you for letting me sort of launch that as we've talked through this. And it's been just so exciting and God is doing lots of cool things. 
Yeah, yeah, it's great. And all of that will be in my show notes at renrobbins.com as well. So y'all can check that out. And I will have all of Michelle's links and her email address and her new anyamom.com site will be linked there as well. So thank you so much. And I'll see you one more time next week when we have our question and answer episode on the Enneagram. Thanks so much, Michelle. Thank you, Ren. Oh, that was great. I loved hearing from Michelle about the peacemakers in our life. What an excellent summer we have had. There is one more episode of the Enneagram next week with your questions and answers, but I wanted to say thank you for joining me this summer, whether you were driving to the pool, whether you were on vacation. Thank you for putting your earbuds in and listening, and I know that you have been encouraged through Michelle, and don't forget to check out her website, Enneamom, E-N-N-E-A-M-O-M.com, and don't forget in the show notes, I have everything listed of books that she recommends, uh, podcasts that she recommends dealing with the Enneagram, and all of the contact information for Michelle. So you can find that at renrobbins.com. I would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook at Friends of a Feather Podcast. And I would love to know what you are loving on the podcast. So tag me on Insta Stories and I will give you a shout out. Recording has been a little different for me this summer, but we want to tell you, remember, we're all Friends of a Feather. And we all stick together. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye.